Welcome to Take This Poem Podcast, where we explore the rich, wild things that good poems can do in the everyday lives of ordinary folks. I'm your host, Mary Guidis. Whether you're a longtime poetry lover like I am, or just barely interested, I invite you to take this poem. I hope it amends the soil of your life. Hello, takers of poems. Welcome. Thanks for listening. I've been spending a ridiculous amount of time on another episode that I hope to bring to you in a few weeks, but it's getting very long, and the length of that one was making me in the mood to pop on here and share something short and sweet. I'm a rather temperamental poem reader, and I get in the mood for one certain thing and binge on it for a while, and then move on to whatever it is that strikes my fancy next. So... It does sometimes feel like a serial obsession. One poet or one form will be all I want to have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a while. So my most recent favorite have been poems that are also short stories. And that's what I have for you today. It's a poem called In the Waiting Room by Elizabeth Bishop. And it is a powerful miniature story. It's a rather long poem. It's almost two pages printed out, but the lines are short and it has an energy that helps it go very quickly. This is a story about maybe not coming of age, but coming of awareness. The little girl in the poem suddenly realizes her place as a person, as a woman, her place as a speck in the universe, and it's a powerful moment, I think. I've noticed that a lot of good short stories are given an energy by being set in a small, tight environment, like a waiting room, or a bus, or a train car. Somewhere where you're with people that you didn't choose to be with for that short amount of time, and where you can't easily get away. When we can get away, I think we can escape uncomfortable epiphanies, and when we can't, well, I've seen a lot of stories that suggest when we're forced to stay, sometimes really important things can happen in those stuck moments. This poem came to mind because recently I went on a flight and I brought some old 10 cents each copies of National Geographic magazines with me. And even now as an adult, I often have that crazy falling off the edge of the world feeling when I read a National Geographic that the little girl in this poem does. I'm only going to read this one once today. So just sit back, and I hope you enjoy this story. In the Waiting Room by Elizabeth Bishop In Worcester, Massachusetts, I went with Aunt Consuelo to keep her dentist's appointment and sat and waited for her in the dentist's waiting room. It was winter. It got dark early. The waiting room was full of grown-up people, arctics and overcoats, lamps and magazines. My aunt was inside what seemed like a long time, and while I waited I read the National Geographic, I could read, and carefully studied the photographs. The inside of a volcano, black and full of ashes, 
than it was spilling over in rivulets of fire. Asa and Martin Johnson, dressed in riding breeches, laced boots and pith helmets. A dead man slung on a pole. Long pig, the caption said. Babies with pointed heads wound round and round with string. Black naked women with necks wound round and round with wire like the necks of light bulbs. Their breasts were horrifying. I read it right straight through. I was too shy to stop. And then I looked at the cover, the yellow margins, the date. Suddenly, from inside came an oh of pain. Aunt Consuelo's voice, not very loud or long. I wasn't at all surprised. Even then I knew she was a foolish, timid woman. I might have been embarrassed, but wasn't. What took me completely by surprise was that it was me, my voice in my mouth. Without thinking at all, I was my foolish aunt. I, we, were falling, falling, our eyes glued to the cover of the National Geographic, February 1918. I said to myself, three days and you'll be seven years old. I was saying it to stop the sensation of falling off the round, turning world into cold, blue-black space. But I felt, you are an I. You are an Elizabeth. You are one of them. Why should you be one, too? I scarcely dared to look to see what it was I was. I gave a sidelong glance, I couldn't look any higher, at shadowy gray knees, trousers and skirts and boots and different pairs of hands lying under the lamps. I knew that nothing stranger had ever happened, that nothing stranger could ever happen. Why should I be my aunt or me or anyone? What similarities, boots, hands, the family voice I felt in my throat, or even the National Geographic and those awful hanging breasts held us all together or made us all just one? How, I didn't know any word for it, how unlikely, how had I come to be here, like them, and overhear a cry of pain that could have got loud and worse but hadn't? The waiting room was bright and too hot. It was sliding beneath a big black wave, another and another. Then I was back in it. The war was on. Outside, in Worcester, Massachusetts, were night and slush and cold, and it was still the 5th of February, 1918. Part of my vision for this podcast was to have it be interactive. I pictured a virtual bonfire poetry reading, where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. If there's a poem that has done some action in your everyday life, surprised you, delighted you, or maybe just more quietly worked its way into your bones, you know I would love to hear about it. Email me at takethispoempodcast at gmail.com and let me know your story. Maybe you can join me in sharing it with others as well.